friends, countrymen, lovers of all things design. This is Grits and Grids. What's up, everyone? Today on the show, I have Jason Donnelly. Uh, is it Donnelly or Donnelly? Donnelly. Uh, okay. Can we say Donnelly? Anyway. No. <laughs> Jason is a senior copywriter at VaynerMedia, and he's the author of Five Stitches, Gripped, Chewing the Page, and Shut the Fuck Up. Or as I like to call it, Shut the F ampersand percent sign pound up. <laughs> um, Jason, why don't you say hi and uh, kind of give us a little backstory. What's going on, everybody? Uh... Yeah, I think that everything that you just laid out for me is pretty straightforward. I write a bunch of offensive stuff for myself and a bunch of brand voices for big brands across the country. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, so at Very Media, it's more like, is it social? Like, what are you really hopping on? Uh, honestly, we're we're social first digital agency, and we cool. we hit everything. We have, uh, I think, up over seven hundred people here now. It's it's getting huge, and I've been here almost. I guess over four years now. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mr. Mr. Vayner Chuck has quite the name for those that are paying attention. Um, so it's awesome. Like usually a lot of copywriters don't have the time to pick up what I would call passion project, but you seem to really balance the um, the art of, like you said, writing something offensive, a little bit dark maybe for yourself yeah. and then, you know, turning the page and... Well, you know, yeah, here, here's the thing. I've been thinking about that a lot. As soon as you asked me about this <laughs> this interview, I've been thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And the last fiction book that I put out was 2013. Mm-hmm. And since working here and just writing every day all the time, I haven't really done the passion projects. I mean, I did shut the fuck up in, I guess I wrote that in a week, two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but haven't put hardcore effort into what I'm what I'm really trying to put out there in the fiction. So I'm trying to jump back into that in 2017. Yeah, I think we had that conversation in 2016, you and yeah. I. <laughs> <laughs> for, for both of us. All right, I'm, I'm really going to do it this year. I swear to God. <laughs> Damn it, you're going to make writing great again? Yeah. Uh, can we just not say anything about him this entire, <laughs> this entire time? No, don't worry, man. I save my politics for Facebook posts. All right. All right. Yeah. I'll see you there. <laughs> where, yeah. Where it belongs. All right. <laughs> <laughs> where, where you can do absolutely no changing of minds. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, no, that's interesting because I think what I liked about Shut the Fuck Up is that it, it, you, you wrote it in a week, which I think in a way kind of downplays why it's quite brilliant. Um, and I'm not trying to stroke the ego, but what I loved about it is it's kind of tapping into something that I've been thinking. So uh, I'm going to make an excuse and I'm going to say the reason why I haven't written my first book is because I like to read tomes, you know, and I, I like to read a lot. Yeah. But I happen to think that a lot of other people don't, um, especially when it comes to business to business writing, which is what I do. Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of like juggling this idea of like the micro book, yeah. <laughs> you know where and, 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 and shut the fuck up is pretty much that, right? I mean, yeah, it's it's I mean, awesome. It's like quick the, hit and boom. The, the best part about it is, I just keep seeing this down downfall of fiction reading and reading in general. And, mm-hmm. and my my creative director, when shut the fuck up came out, said, "Dude, this is the attention span of our generation." Like. You're not only right. just you're not writing something that's funny that's that's something that you can read quick but it's something that people will actually pay attention to because it's so short and so quick and so easy. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's quick hit. Just for those who haven't picked it up, and if you're not on Amazon already, you probably should be. <laughs> Unless you're driving. Wait till you get to the office. Um, it's basically a book where every page there is a... Um, uh, would you call it a question? It's more of a... It's just more of a focus point of what people do to bitch about or what they bitch about <laughs> in the world. Yeah. yeah. And what and they it, use for excuses, right? I mean, Yeah. <laughs> and it just gives a quick quip, a quick quip of uh, funny and then shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What was the uh, inspiration behind that? It's funny. Actually, you brought up Gary earlier. He brought in a, I guess, a motivational speaker, uh, Sean Stevenson. Mm-hmm. And Sean gave this... Just incredible motivational speech about how his life has been harder than anybody's life in the world. Like, he's gone through all these trials and tribulations. But the whole time he was saying all this stuff, all I heard in the back of my head was, just do it, man. Shut the fuck up and just do it. (laughs) So by the time his 45-minute, hour-long presentation was done, I was already... (laughs) Uh, had the title, had had three or four, uh, three or four of the pages written, and I was just like, "All right, I can do this pretty quick." <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's funny. <laughs> so I imagine this guy up there, like Shia LaBeouf, just uh, spewing spewing Nike slogans. You know, <laughs> yeah, just do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, I like it because it, you know, honestly, it's um, tapped into kind of my thinking. Um, so see the way, the way I've been thinking is like, there are so many reasons to not do stuff. Yeah. You know, and I, I don't think they're in short supply. Again, the, the joke that I made that didn't, we both say we were going to rewrite, like start writing again last year. Yeah. Um, there's always a reason, but you're right. Like, just shut the fuck up and do it. Like make the time. Like, do you really need someone to tell you this? <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing is like, so many people come to me every once in a while and they're like, Jason, how did you do it? <laughs> and I'm like, I, I don't know, man. I just sat down and did it. And uh, I didn't have a wife, you know. Uh, I didn't have yeah. a job, so that's true. Yeah, <laughs> I had a lot of free time, so <laughs> my social <laughs> life is just really shitty. And <laughs> no, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when when you were uh, when you were a young man, a young mm-hmm. Jason Danelli, um, <laughs> did you always want to write? Like, when did you find that spark? No, not at all. Like in high school, I was always just, I didn't study and got on a roll and just things were easy, but I never was a reader or anything like that. Uh, it wasn't until I met my drinking buddy in college uh, mm-hmm. that he was like, hey, have you read this book, Fight Club? Maybe you've heard of it uh, by Chuck Palahniuk. And I was like, nah, dude, I saw the movie. I'm good. And he's like, no, try to read the book. And I sat down and read it in a sitting and was like, man, I want to do that. <laughs> and right. that's, I guess that's when, um, what that, the book that I wrote, uh, fight, uh, five stitches <laughs> was, mm-hmm. was started back in the day, which I thought was a great book too. Gripped is still top of the, uh, top of the list for me. Just wait. If, if I follow through on anything that I said in 2017, the next one is twice as badass as either of those books. And incredibly, ah, the offensive, piece of this book is insane. I love it. it it's funny. I was, um, I think maybe like four years ago or something, I, I was in an airport reading a book, um, reading a, a little novella. Yeah. And I, I couldn't help but like start to notice in my periphery that people were kind of looking at me <laughs> and not and not in the best of light. 
and I wasn't really giving it much thought. And then it struck me that the book I was reading was essentially, um, we could call it a, a market, a marketing ploy maybe yeah. for, um, Californication. And so the book was called God hates us all. Oh yeah. <laughs> and it's like in big white letters on a black background and yeah. it's like all you can see. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, maybe I shouldn't be reading this while I'm about to fly because <laughs> I'm drawing attention. Um, not a bad book, by the way. Uh, I, yeah, obviously, Ghostwritten by, quote, unquote, Hank Moody. Yeah, I didn't know it was, so I got to pick that up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not – I mean, listen, your, your socks are going to still be on when you're done reading it. It's not like a mind blower, but it was – for what it was, I kind of went in, with, I think, with a uh, fair amount of, like, skepticism, knowing that this was to market the, the show. Right on. Um, yeah. But it was pretty cool. And, and who doesn't love a, a quote-unquote author who names their books after Slayer songs? <laughs> <laughs> um, awesome. So what was the process for you? Like, uh, when you when you started, like, hopping into Five Stitches and Gripped, since those were your first two, right? Yeah. Um, what, what was What's the process like for you? I think everyone has a different one, right? Uh Definitely. The, it's funny. Let me just tell a quick story about Five Stitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Back back in the day, I met I met a girl or somebody, and I was telling a story about um, this trip to Mexico. And I was going into hardcore details about everything that I did there, the people I met, the little monkeys climbing out of the, the jungle down there. And after a minute, I just kind of went blank and backed up and went, I'm sorry, that's not real. None of that's real. Uh, that's all in a book. So, like, when I when I get into a book, I uh, I dive yeah. in and I, it consumes me. So, like, whoever whoever I'm with, I'm married now. But whoever I was with, I was like, hey, uh, if I get a little weird when I when I dive in here, sorry, but that's that's just what happens. Um, right. So that's how I write. I just dive in and and. It consumes me mentally. <laughs> so it's almost like method acting where you like really take on. Yeah, a lot like that, which is <laughs> which is bad because I'm not my characters. Like you can hear my, my humor in my characters, but I'm not the guys behind them, especially in the new one. The, right. new, the new guy's just a piece of garbage, but he's awesome. <laughs> he's uh, an awesome piece of garbage. <laughs> yeah, he's just so horrible, but he's brilliant. I, I don't know. I don't know. I might be calling myself brave, but he's. I, I love this guy. <laughs> but he's not me. You want to be friends with him, but you don't want to bring him around your wife. Yeah, I don't want him to meet any of my friends, but I want to <laughs> hang out with him and be like, dude, tell me a story about your life. <laughs> That's funny. I, I have a guy like that that sort of re entered my life. He moved down here to Atlanta, and um, I have him doing some stuff around the house because he's like a GC ish. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, my wife was like, why, why have you ever mentioned him? I'm like, Oh, honestly, he's the guy I used to get into a lot of trouble with. Yeah. And now that I think about it, I kind of don't want him around my house. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, but at the same time, you want to just be like, dude, you want to come over? <laughs> yeah. It's funny because I know where that path leads. Like, yeah. he, he's a guy It's like, oh, yeah, man, I'll meet up for a couple of beers and fuck, it's morning. Yeah. And I'm like laying and in an alleyway, Mexico. you know, possibly with my kidneys opened up. I don't know. <laughs> Um, Not anyway, back to writing, <laughs> yeah. um, which has been your favorite book to date? Um, I know which one mine is, but which one has been your favorite so far? Uh, I'm, I'm working on two books right now and they're, 
they're the ones that are always my favorite. The I mean, in the past, I'm I gotta say gripped, but at the same time, the next one is so much better. It's so much better written. It's it's got I just yeah. It's always the next yeah. one. And I've got another right. one that I'm I'm working on. There's only a page of that one, but it's uh, an epistolary novel. <laughs> so okay. a novel of story or a lo- novel of letters uh, <laughs> called like uh, my wife's my wife's roommate. Which okay, yeah, and it's letters between a, a husband and wife. <laughs> That's really but, funny. Yeah, yeah, we'll <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> I like it, man. I'm excited for it. Uh, Grips right now, but I think, that's is not still as fun as Oxygen. Oxygen my I'm favorite. Still yeah. Excited. Well, Grip Grip is still, I think, my favorite. Um, it feels more composed. Not that the other ones didn't, but I loved Five Stitches. But for some reason, Grip. Maybe it's because you based it in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So maybe maybe there's like a lot more there. You know what I mean? Like now if you wrote one about Atlanta, I'd have like a bigger tie to it. But um, it's like, you know, when you're talking about driving down 581, you can't help but see the sign for a radio <laughs> DJ's name who rhymes with Pipsy. I don't know. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. And, and considering like I was – so back in 2007, yeah, uh, eight of my friends and my cohorts, we were all getting divorced by no – by no like plan, it just sort yeah. of happened. We all married a bunch of douchebags, and one such friend was the then ex-wife of that gentleman. Yeah, which is really funny. So, I think it's the whole small worldness of Harrisburg that maybe connect with that book because I'm like, wow, this is great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna stop talking up your writing. <laughs> What's that? And you consider driving off the bridge every once in a while? Yeah, like I would say every other time you cross the river. Yeah. <laughs> but then you realize that, like, you wouldn't drown. You would just, like, hit the bottom <laughs> qu- quite hard. Yeah. <laughs> so you might just end up kind of messed up with water coming in your car, but that's about it. I think it'd be fun, though. <laughs> it'd be a hell of a ride for those two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> Which is also how my friends used to pick up women. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> how... Uh, this is a business podcast, but I like to blur the lines, my friends. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so for you, I mean, you are kind of juggling writing a bit. It, what's How do you change those gears between, okay, now I kind of got to be a little bit serious? Um, and are there certain things that you glean from your fiction writing that you bring into your everyday job? The only thing embarrassing about 2016 was you didn't launch your brand. The minimums were too high, screen fees were ridiculous, and you knew your project was going to be run after the horrible family reunion t-shirts. Your brand deserves the same craft and respect you put into it, and that won't happen with your average partner. Black Hat Merchandising is way more than a churn and burn screen printer. They're a true partner to launch and grow your brand the smart way. No screen fees, low minimum orders, and fair pricing. Black Cat Merch is run by designers for designers, with the focus of growing your brand. Make 2017 the year your brand takes over by visiting blackcatmerch.com and mentioning Grits and Grits for a special offer. Um, here's the thing. <laughs> when I first started in the copywriting game, um, I didn't know what voice was. I knew what my voice was, but I didn't know what brand voice was because every time somebody came to me and said, Jason, could you write this for this brand? I'd be like... 
Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna do it in my voice though, because I'm I'm way funnier than everything that they've said. Uh, but that really mm-hmm. seemed to piss off <laughs> a lot of the people that I would work with because they were like, "This isn't this isn't this brand. It, it doesn't make any sense to say it like this." Uh, but I would just think I would I was a better writer than <laughs> how they wanted to say it. And I guess the the balance is just uh, for what I do at work. It's just a lot shorter than what I do. In the fiction right. side, yeah, but I mean, I still try to bring in any humor <laughs> that I can. Just probably not as dark and not as offensive to the mass crowds. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I notice it. So I'm the jerk designer that <laughs> basically blurs all the lines of what I'm supposed to do. So you're the designer who worked on Disney and tried to get uh, dicks into the background of VHS tapes. Tried? You mean like totally successfully <laughs> did that? Did it. <laughs> Like, and if you look in the white space, there is a penis. Look at that. (laughs) That's probably why I was never hired at Disney. Um, But my jerkiness comes in the fact that I will write the copy. Rather than, like, writing a formal brief, I like to just, like, put the the general idea in there Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. in the same amount of space. So rather than putting lore, mipsum, dolor, sit, amit, blah, 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 like, I'll put, you know... um, Today we're having this awesome thing, blah, 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 blah. And then I'll put in lorem ipsum if I don't make enough space for the content. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to explain to my copywriter pals that, like, I'm not trying to do their job. I just think it's easier when you have context and direction yeah, all in the yeah, same yeah. thing. Um, that's that's actually whenever I get a brief and before we get into a brainstorm or anything like that, I come in with not a spreadsheet, but a, uh, a slide presentation with my own, my own visuals that I put in. So half the time these are visuals good enough to show a client and half the time everybody's like, dude, what is this? And I was like, <laughs> that my friend is a PNG. I found that. Yeah. I copied and pasted I, it in there. Yeah, you like I that. went to the Google all by myself. I Googled that and then I, and then I copy and paste it and it looks really good. And they're like, no, it doesn't. <laughs> It doesn't look good. But bad design is the new good design, so maybe you're on something. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You're a trend starter. I'm almost there. I'm I'm so close to getting there. Yeah, I mean, um, it's funny because uh, I've noticed that uh, I would say in the design scene, I'm like, I like the way this thing looks, but I also recognize that technically it's bad design Mm -hmm. by design. Yeah, which is kind of blowing my mind right now. And then I'm like, you know, because like I, I tend to pick apart things and like get really stupid about it and like analyze it. And um, yeah. what I've noticed is actually it's quite brilliant to have bad design uh, be something popular right now because it almost connects to the maker world that we're in right now. Yeah, you know what I mean, like where people are handcrafting stuff and um, reclaiming old leatherworking skills. Yeah, this is you know bad design. About. This isn't bad design. It's artisanal. This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Is this hand printed? <laughs> <laughs> By sure a five-year-old. Is. Wow. <laughs> Joseph, who made this? It's like my cousin. They're yeah. seven. It's good, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't even know what a letter form is. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> but it's true. It's kind of like, you know, I look at it. I'm like, actually, this is a perfect way of communicating what this particular brand is because this particular brand is not perfect it's 
it's imperfect, actually, you know, and it's not processed. And so it's, it actually kind of makes a lot of sense for me. Um, I wonder, is there is there any, like, a bit of that that goes into copywriting for certain clients where you're, like, trying to communicate <clears throat> who this brand really is and who that brand tends to be is actually not this corporate cold thing? Well, Do you ever encounter that? Yeah, I mean, there's two sides of that. And also what we just talked about kind of ties in with one of them. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the fact that most copy, most uh, <laughs> newspapers, most magazines are only writing at, what, sixth grade level? Mm-hmm. I write jokes sometimes or just even copy that some of my friends are like, I get it and it's really funny or it's really good or whatever. But people reading this aren't going to understand it. And that bothers the hell out of me because I can't be as smart as I want to the society that I have to cater to. Mm-hmm. If, is that, does that make sense? <laughs> it does. Yeah, it's like a you, you have a higher level of wit, and it sometimes doesn't really come across. Yeah, and it can't hit sometimes <laughs> on the audience that I, I want it to. And on the other side, a lot of the time, I think that the audience—I mean, even from the insights that we find on on social—the audience should be getting hit with something that they're not, and mm-hmm. I can't and I can't make that happen. That that's another thing that bothers the hell out of me. Just because I'm like, you could you could drop jokes like this, or you could say things like this, and the audience would take it a lot better and love it. But mm-hmm. the way that we're talking, we're catering to the television viewer instead of the the social 15 second viewer. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. I think that's always a challenge too. I have to say that to my team here and there. Like, we have clients that don't exist within Atlanta or New York or Chicago. And I think, you know, a lot of us like working in the agency world and in a big city, it's sometimes really hard to break out of the world that you're in, you know? Yeah. Every time that anybody in a meeting brings up, uh, well, what would you do in the summer on a rooftop bar? And I'm like in New York, because the middle of the country doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. (laughs) Right. Like you, you can't bring that up and just think that, oh, everybody gets this. No, everybody, I mean, everybody might wish they got that. But at the end of the day, we get it. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. And you have to like, and I, I always have to edge people out and say, hey, look, man, you, you've got to start thinking like the market. That's why we have that box on our brief, you know? Yeah, yeah exactly. You know, we were doing a, a pitch for a TV spot and I won't go too in depth on who the client was, but... <laughs> You know, some of the comments in the room were like, so what we need to do is we need to show Mexicans tearing down a wall. I'm like, okay, right. So this <laughs> particular client is nationwide with a really big following in the, um, I want to say middle, but more like the Texas of our country. <laughs> yeah. And um, <laughs> what we know about Texas is that probably isn't going to be h- hitting home for them. <laughs> We've got the client in Oklahoma. Picture this. You're on a subway. And go, right. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. It's like, so you're standing in an office in a skyscraper. I'm like, dude, it's farm equipment. <laughs> <laughs> this this is Toledo. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And, and you know, sometimes I think we're all guilty of it, too. Like, sometimes you think you've nailed this thing and you're like, oh, oh wait, uh, I'm an idiot. <laughs> That's uh-huh. actually not going to fly at all. <laughs> It's funny. Is there any amount, is there any like stuff like that? So, I mean, you build characters essentially. So I think it actually lends itself really well to building personas for your, um, your clients and and the strategies. 
Um, is there a certain amount of that where you go in depth when you're like planning out your character? Like where did he, he or she come from? Um, all that other stuff. Uh, and, and do you have to tap into that often? I mean, for my fiction stuff, it's weird. Cause like I can just see the character. Like I know the character and it, it's not one of those things that I do like hardcore background character studies that I learned in like my MFA and five pages of this is their parents. This is where they're from. I just know the dude. And then I write from their perspective and right. like on the client side, that's when I need to know the stuff because like <laughs> you need to know your demographic. Like, like we just said, you need to know, mm-hmm. are we talking with humor? Are we talking with wit? Are we talking with like toilet humor? What, level can I go to? Uh, and you know, you just have to know who you're talking about. So like, I, I'd much rather, or I need to know my client's focus more than my own writing focus. Cause I already have my own writing focus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I find, um, you know, some of the things that are, I challenge some of our copywriters that I've worked with over the years, not just the ones here, but you tend to fall into a style, right? And it's kind of like your go-to. And I think, you know, it's up to others to challenge each other. So whether it's design or copy, like challenge you to break out of that style and remind them that like, hey, I know your your kind of super snarky wit is going to work for client X, but for client Y, that's just not who they are. (laughs) You're going to offend everyone in this brand or everyone paying attention to this brand. (laughs) Exactly. Or, you know, hey, look, it's a funeral parlor, so maybe humor isn't the time, you know? Um, Stop not saying that we blue juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. We should probably not go any further on that one. Um, so, <laughs> so getting back to passion, um, this whole month is about it. And I know that some of our listeners probably have a passion for writing copy and maybe even getting into um, writing fiction or some other form of long form content. What would, do you have any suggestions or advice on how to like kickstart that? And don't say just start writing, which I know that's easy, but like, (laughs) are there other ones? I mean, look at me, the, the, the one book that I have chewing the page, it's me interviewing authors that's how I got my first book published. I interviewed 60 or 70 authors who I liked and tried to find out what the secret was, which mm-hmm. the secret is and will always be right. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And on the other side, just read. I mean, you have to have a, a basis to pull from. So if you don't have the, the language or you don't have the, <laughs> the study in how other people have done it, you mm-hmm. can't really find your own. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it sucks that I have to say it, but just go and write a lot because you're going to write a lot of shit before anything good comes out. Yeah. Do you think there's like a fair amount? Like, so, uh, I think in in design and to me, I I see everything as like design and art and maybe that's just like a carpenter looking at the world and seeing nails, but, um, you know, is there, there's a fair amount of plagiarism that happens at first. I'm, I'm assuming, right? Oh, definitely. Everything that I wrote, I mean, uh, five stitches is Chuck Palahniuk. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. But then the, the further I got, when I got into gripped, I was just like, Oh, I, I'm kind of Chuck Palahniuk. I'm kind of Max Berry. I'm kind of all these different guys into one guy. And that's how I found me from finding all these other people. Yeah. You're amalgamation of wondrous authors. Good word. Good word. Such a good word. I love that but, word. Yeah. And in the, the same way that a designer learns different tools in Photoshop and, 
however you do your, your creating, that's mm-hmm. the same thing in writing. It's just with words. I mean, it's, I'm a very visual person. So like I can see the difference between a, a five-year-old stick drawing and uh, a super good designer. That's the same thing that happens in writing. There's the beginning writer who's just trying to figure out what a noun and verb is and then someone who can make magic with the language. Yeah. Are there any pet peeves that you have with uh, copywriting or writing in general? Uh, doubling up on language bothers – like doubling up on words in writing – uh, and just saying extremely long sentences when you just need to say something super short. Uh, mm-hmm. the type, that's another big problem with a lot of writers. They, they write such long descriptions of everything instead of just getting to the point. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess some people like that, but I, not me. <laughs> well, I think especially in copy, like, you know, marketing copy, it's like, dude, get to the point. Make, make yeah. it sticky, but get to the point. What, <laughs> what's, what's doubling up on language? Oh, no, just doubling up saying either the same thing twice or the same word twice, unless it's used for some kind of fun alliteration or something like that. Most of the time, people just accidentally say words more than once and don't reread it. Um, So Uh. another another big uh, tip is to read your stuff out loud, especially when it's a sentence or two, because when you hear it out loud, it changes everything. Yeah, I tend to do that with... um especially when we're writing for a client that may have a little bit more of a whimsical nature about them. Mm -hmm. I'm like, if I read this in, you know, 40 year old single cat lady voice and it sounds really bad, then (laughs) you you have to rewrite it, (laughs) you know, especially when you're trying to deliver a pun and it's like noticeably like that bad joke that Karen told. (laughs) That's my, that's my filter. Uh, hey, Karen. <laughs> you know, like, hey, guys, I want a pizza. My heart. Get it? You're like, you're like that's, that's not good copy. You got to change that. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Now I want pizza. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I, I've, I've been known to be very wrong. No, you're right. <laughs> and also, well, then again, it, it also depends on the brand. If you're doing, like, a dad brand and it's a dad joke or a kid brand that the dad joke's supposed to hit on. Mm-hmm. It's, it's different. It's all about audience. That's why social so important because you can know exactly who your audience is instead of just guess on TV. Yeah. I mean, you get pretty much the demographics, even, even a bit of behavioral too. Yeah. When, um, when you have a million plus followers on every main brand page, mm-hmm. you've got the world at your fingertips to know exactly who those people are and what they like. I really want a million followers. I only, I don't, I, I broke 500 followers on Instagram over the weekend <laughs> and now it went down to like 495 and I'm like, what I do? <laughs> you know what you did. I don't know what I did. <laughs> I'm very, yeah. cause I didn't post anything over the weekend. So maybe it's what I didn't do. That is know. the problem. Yeah. I, I was, I was pretty bummed out about it this morning cause I was going to hit up that number 500 and be like, yo dude, you're number 500. I want to send you a t-shirt. And, and now I'm at like 495, so I can't do that. So I'm like, oh, sorry, bro, you're no longer number 500. Mine, my parents, <laughs> you I, was, lost. I was at 1,000 and I'm at 979, so I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, you got to take more selfies with uh, big, fat, chunky eyebrows. Mm, I think that's, I like that's what works these days. Are, the, <laughs> are eyebrows still on fleek? Is that a thing? Or is that old? Uh, no, I think, I think on fleek was for a week only. Oh. Um, Gotcha. Yeah. 
Yeah, I don't know what the kids say anymore about them. I just think it looks like somebody fell on two Sharpie markers. Yeah. And, uh, you know, conveniently lined them up. (laughs) Oh, well. All right, man. So we're going to land this plane. Uh, It's been 30 minutes. It's been a fun one. And I would love to keep on talking, but we both have uh, jobs to get to. Right. Um, Where where do people follow you? Where do people find you and hang out? Uh, I'm on every social platform there is as Jason W. Donnelly. Uh, It's just that simple. D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y. Excellent. And I'll have the links on the show notes. Um, Is there a website or anything or are you just a social man? Uh, Yeah, social is the best way to do it. I have portfolio stuff out there, but just uh, social it up. Awesome. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Um, This was Jason Donnelly, not Donnelly, and I urge you to check out his books because they're absolutely awesome, and if you don't like them, you can just uh, shut the fuck up. Oh. (laughs) Boom. (laughs) Once again, everyone, thank you for tuning in. Do follow us at Grits Grids. That's Grits Grids with no N in between on Instagram and Twitter. This podcast and the Grits and Grids blog is a passion project of Vigor, a restaurant and beverage branding and marketing firm based in Atlanta. Check us out at www.vigorbranding.com. And of course, we're all over social media. Until next week, stay hungry, stay thirsty, and be creative.